Hi, I'm Wendy Bright Fallon. And I'm Debbie Peterson. You're listening to Nourish Noshes, stories about real people, real food, and real life. We're integrative health counselors on a quest to make the world a healthier place. So glad you've joined us. We are so excited to have Marilyn Schloss back here today with Nourish. Hi, my name is Wendy Bright Fallon. And I'm Debbie Peterson. Marilyn, we have a lot to go over here. You've got quite a resume. So you're an executive chef, a restaurateur, you're an environmentalist, a community activist, a traveler, a surfer. And a mom. And a mom. (laughs) (laughs) And you're, I I love this. I, I pulled this from your website. You're on a continual quest for culture and knowledge and shares her passion for the road less traveled with her patrons and community. I just love that. You want to expand on that at all? You want to share anything else about who you are and how you got where you are today? Sure. I think what I've learned about who I am is I'm kind of a renaissance woman, so I'm always moving in many directions at once, and that's where that um, road less traveled comes mm. into play. You know, when we go places, I can't sit still. I always have to go and do and see what what is the culture of where I'm traveling to. And I think the culture of your community is a really important part of how you lift each other up, how you do business, how you interact in the world, and how you make your commitments to who you are. So, you know, my husband um, puts up with that in me because he sees some great results. Sometimes it's a little painful for people who don't operate like that. Right. Don't move so fast right. so often. You know, I've been called ebullient, I've been called a peripatetic, I've been called all these words that people would find negative, but I find positive because I think um, it brings, if you put them all together, it brings a spirit of life that I have. And, um, you know, a Buddhist by spirituality, maybe not um, practicing as much as I should, but that always gives me the intention that my life here right now is a very important part of my future lives and those of the people I interact with. So I want to make sure that I complete some things and I keep doing the work that I feel is important so that in my next life I move forward. I don't stay stuck or go backwards. I yeah. can't imagine that you won't be moving forward in your next life. <laughs> I hope so. If you're not, then I'm really afraid. <laughs> But, well, but, I think all that energy you just said is why we're attracted to you and why so many exactly. other people are attracted to you and yeah. know your name out in the market. And yeah. we're just thrilled to interview you and have you be part of our podcast community. I was ex- going to say the exact same thing. Exactly. Thank you. And we, we've been attracted to you and wanted you to come in and we've been figure, trying to figure out a way to get, get you here and to get to you more often because yeah. we just, we love your energy. Well, I think you two both have great energy and... I think maybe it comes with age and when time is becomes shorter in yeah. your future that you start to um, prioritize who the people are in your life and mm-hmm. the things that you put your time into. And because I do so many things, that's difficult. Mm-hmm. People expect a lot out of me. And I have to be a little more choosy as I get older. And, sure. you know, I know we've taken time to connect, but when you ask me, I mean, you guys are an inspiration for me. You know, I mean, seeing women just follow their passion and do what they do, as my daughter would say, you got to do what you do. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) Yeah. And 
women in general. I mean, not to negate my male friendships, of which I had a lot when I was younger. Mm -hmm. I was a tomboy. I mm -hmm. did all things mm -hmm. with boys. Mm -hmm. And then one day I was like, wow, I need some women power in my life. And, you know, and just to be inspired and see women just do what they do and really just keep doing it even when it's tough. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we know things have been tough for you. I mean, you've you've opened and closed several restaurants and launched certain entrepreneurial adventures. And we wanted to actually list them all because we want our listeners to know that when they're driving down the beach, which restaurants are yours. So Yeah, right. And we, I've been a fan. We've both been a fan of your restaurants and we go to your restaurants all the time and I was, we were talking about um, your name and how people associate your name with what. And I, and I don't know. I've always associated you with the restaurants. And then I learned about your philanthropy. But some people know about your philanthropy and then realize that you're a restaurateur. Yep. So it's kind of funny that you're out there for sure. Everybody knows your name. But not everybody knows all of the things that you do. But, yeah, let's yeah. start with the restaurants because that's, that's where we know her from. That's right. Yeah. I, I first stumbled across you at the Langosta, I mean, the Labrador Lounge. I mean, that's a hot spot for myself and Dana, all our, you know, anniversaries and birthdays. In Normandy. Yeah, in yeah. Normandy. Yeah. And that was your first one? Uh, no. No. Um, second incarnation of my third one. Oh! <laughs> wow, we're learning something all right. here. All right. right. The original one was in Belmar. That's uh, where it okay. was. 20 years ago or so. And yeah. still called Labrador Lounge? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. A very painful situation, honestly, of growth for me with an ex-partner boyfriend and mm -hmm. um, learned some lessons there. I mean, I think it's really important to say to people that if you don't make any pitfalls or mm -hmm. challenges in your life that might be upsetting, you're not going to learn any lessons. The key is to learn the lesson and try not to repeat the situation over and over again. You right. know that word insanity. Insanity, yeah. exactly. Right. Um, and I've learned a lot of lessons from a lot of challenges. And, you know, sometimes it's hard in your mind to, like, grasp that you might have had more negative things happen to you than positive things. That's where the Buddhism comes in and the growth. Mm -hmm. Right. But, you know, I wouldn't be where I am if I didn't learn those lessons. That's right. And Absolutely. You only grow through yeah. diversity. So that's right. That's it makes you a stronger woman. Yes. And, you you know, I mentioned a lot of women that are young. Mm -hmm. And you try and tell them. <laughs> <laughs> Even my four-year-olds, I try and tell yeah. them. I say, you know, someday you're going to have to grow up and communicate better. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, uh, what's communicate? <laughs> Yeah. I'll be five. Right. Um, but, you know, you, you want to be a mentor by example. Right. Mm. Because telling, you know, a 21-year-old to do things until they actually make that mistake and have that experience, they're not going to listen to you no matter how much they love you. Yeah. You know. Of but course. maybe if you can show them the way with some sort of interaction and passion that can excite them you can prevent that. I mean, I know when I started, I had no mentors mm. in my field, no women, except Alice Waters, who was just starting yeah. out too at that yes. time on a different coast. Right. There was nobody I could really look up to as a female. And most of the men were very 
closed off than how they operated in restaurant world. And I didn't have all these tools and women to reach out to or men that had, you know, specialized knowledge of things I wanted to learn. So, so you, you have, um, Asbury Park Yacht Club yep. <laughs> and you have Pops Garage. That they're right next to each other. Yes, that's right in in uh, Asbury Park, of course. And you have uh, a new one that used to be what's your beef? Yes. Okay, and that's in Rumson. Rumson. All right, yeah. and and Russell and Betts. Russell and Betts. It's, I I want to hear more about this because I haven't been there yet. Yeah. Um, well, we bought an iconic restaurant. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And we inherited the staff, the building, oh. everything, and we kept a lot of the staff. The staff that wanted to stay is still with us. Good. So. And we try to keep the tradition of what should be alive, but as we got in there and realized that that tradition needed to be put to rest and we needed to start something new, we woke up one day, or I did, and said, no more salad bar, no more steakhouse, you know, for all kinds of reasons, Mm -hmm. for financial reasons, for the fact that we partner with local farms right. and we couldn't use yes. their product. Right, you right. Know. And now it's Russell and Betts, which is named after um, my headmaster and his wife from the Ranny School. Oh! Was in, like, eighth grade. I'm so oh, curious about yeah. that. <laughs> I love stories behind the story. Yeah, Russell and <laughs> Ranny was a very iconic man. He was, like, stuck in a time from the past, like the 1920s, 30s. He had a handlebar mustache, he smoked a pipe, he always wore, you know, a long-tailed suit. And his wife, Betty Ranny, looked like Jackie O, you know, Grace Kelly. She always had the perfect outfit with the perfect handbag and the perfect shoes and the little hat. And they just walked around this school like they were from some (laughs) surreal movie that we were a part of. Now, they founded the school. Yeah. Right? Okay, so, oh, wow, that's wonderful. So when we were, one of our investor partners went to Ranny with me, and I hadn't seen him in 20 years, and he connected with me online on Facebook and said, you know, it'd be great if you could open a French restaurant in our area. And so when What's Your Beef came up for sale, I reached out to him and said, you know, you want to put your money where your mouth is. There's a great building in Rumson, and not that I want to do a fancy French restaurant, but I think it could be a kind of neighborhood French-European place. Yeah. So that's how it came together. And then I was like, let's pay homage to how we know each other and and call it Russell and... Originally, it was Russell and Betty's, but then Bet is more French, yes. so it became that's Russell right. and Bet's. <laughs> Love it. But that's a great story. That is a great story. Tell us a story about uh, Langosta Lounge, another real hot spot here in Asbury Park. Yeah, Langosta. Um, I was in downtown Asbury Park at a restaurant called Market in the Middle. Another horrible partnership breakup with some really not nice men. Mm. And um, at the time, Madison Marquette was developing the boardwalk and had been in the restaurant numerous times. And Gary Matola, who's a big wig at Madison, um, just was inspired by me on a certain level and wanted me on the boardwalk. And I was like, oh, my God, I, how am I going to do 10,000 square feet of a restaurant and bar? I, you know, I was just one girl, honestly, <laughs> at that point. Right. You know, this yeah. was early on, like 14 years ago. Yeah. Wow. And my brother was retiring in the city. He had sold his restaurant. And he didn't want to be in New York anymore. And I said, well, why don't you come down to the beach? He had a house in Ocean Grove and help me open a restaurant. 
And he said, okay, you know, just for a little while. <laughs> Ten years later, <laughs> he's still here, um, working with his little sister. And, you know, Langosta, the name at the time, um, my friend Kat is a welder in Vermont, and she wanted to do this big, iconic sculpture on the building. And she said, we should do lobster up there. And then I was like, well, I don't want to call it lobster restaurant right. or you know, and at the, when we first started, we did a lot of um, Spanish and Central American stuff because we surf and we go to Costa Rica, Nicaragua. We've been to Spain to surf and we like that culture of food. Mm -hmm. And I don't even know, even to this day, I'm like, eh, if I open Langosta again, I don't think I'd call it Langosta Lounge. I think mm -hmm. I'd have a different name that's not so pigeonholed on mm -hmm. the concept. Right. But now we're 10 years later and people know it. That's right. That's right. You can't, right. Change, you it can't change it now. Yeah. It's, it's, it's what it is. Yeah, and, it's a hot spot. Yeah, yeah. and it's, it's a lively place. It's music, it's food. And, yeah. You know, getting people to understand that um, it is like farm to table. You know, all of our grains come from local farms, hydroponic, aquaponic, and organic. So, you know, we're like the true sense of, kind of global fine dining in a really casual, fun atmosphere. And I don't know if suburbia understands that so much yet, mm. that you can have all these wonderful things in food and service and not have to do them in a tablecloth setting. That's right. Right. Well, thanks for blazing the trail and introducing this whole concept to this yeah. to this area. You're one of the very few that still, that really honors the whole farm to table concept. Right. I think it's important, yeah. and I think, you know, having fun at the beach, no matter what kind of food or atmosphere, is paramount, because I'm a beach girl, yeah. and I don't want to get dressed up all the time. I want to <laughs> be able to just come off the beach and have great food and service, right. and I don't want to have to feel like I have to go home and take a shower to do that. Right. Or if I want to, I can go home and take a shower. <laughs> <laughs> and come to the same yeah, spot. Yeah. come to the same spot, which yeah. is why I love Langosta, because sometimes I'm in there and I'm dressed in a bathing suit and a t-shirt yep. and flip-flops, and the guy next to me is in a suit coming from a wedding at the Paramount, and we both feel comfortable That's there right. together. That's what a know? blend. Yep. Yeah. And you always yeah. see that blend there, too. Yeah. That's what yeah. I love about it. Yeah. So, and that, people know, watching is a great spot. It's yeah. a great it spot a great. for people watching. <laughs> And I think, especially your farm to table, um, that the fact that you do that is what attracted us to invite you to be a contributor in our cookbook. Um, and she has three recipes in our cookbook, which we're so proud to have in there. Cuban grilled corn, the green machine smoothie, which is one of our favorites. I make that often. Because I do it's too. So good. Yeah. And, and the Aloha chocolate mousse, which is to die for. Um, and she, you have a good... You have a good write-up. You have that. a really good, what you wrote when you submitted that recipe, I love it, and I wanted to read it for the Aloha Chocolate Mousse. It says, I discovered this dessert on a birthday trip to Swell Women's Surf and Yoga Retreat in Maui. I'm not a raw food person, but this recipe blew my flip-flops off. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's classic, and it's so, it's Maryland style. So. Yeah, yeah, that's great. So, more of this uh, farm-to-table, tell us about your advocacy work and how you're involved with Merrick Farms. Merrick Farm was the first certified organic farm in Monmouth County. Right. Sue Keimer is the owner of the farm with her husband, Juan, and it was a dairy farm in her family for a couple generations. And when she took it over, she got the certification and 
Sue and Juan are true farmers. They are. I met them. I used to do a co-op there. So yeah, they are a wealth of knowledge, but they are not a package. And you know, it's hard to keep something going if it doesn't have a marketable um, appearance to the world. Mm -hmm. And Sue has really struggled with that over there. You know, if I want to know anything about anything that has to do with the earth, I call her because she knows what's up. But, you know, I had a conversation with her a couple days ago that we want to do some farms table dinners there, and we have a cleanup this Saturday, volunteer cleanup at, from 10 to 1, if anybody wants to come. <laughs> and um, we do that regularly there. But to do dinners where we would charge $150 a person, you have to have a nice bathroom, and you have to have a pretty space, and... You know, they're true farmers. Yeah. There's, you know, broken down campers and right. tractors and, tractors and, and mm-hmm. you know, it's yeah. you pee behind the bush, and, <laughs> <laughs> which is fine for me. I yeah. love it. Muddy but, trails. Yeah. yeah. We've got to clean it up a bit and, and make it a little more manicured for the public. But, you know, Sue was struggling. They were going to lose the farm, honestly, and they both took jobs elsewhere so that they could pay their bills and Sandy wrecked the house and mm. the greenhouse. Mm. So we went to a farm to table dinner out in Princeton at uh, the restaurant Agricola's farm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's beautiful and manicured and a lot of money went into it. And on the way home I said, you know, if we could get Sue to partner with us, we're not the manicured type people either. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're maybe not as extreme as Sue, but we're not as extreme as Agricola. So right. We could come somewhere in the middle and have a partnership and help save the farm and also have product for ourselves Yeah. Um, if she would be open to it. So I called her and, you know, I was surprisingly, she said yes, because <laughs> she's very protective of what she does. And we gave them some seed money last year. We did some planting. And now this year we're planning to budget for the end of summer to do another greenhouse so that we can grow in the winter. And we buy everything that she doesn't sell to somebody else. So she's got Mary's Place as a partner out there. There's a couple people that are doing work out there. Super. And she grows things for us that we ask for. And then um, we go out there and help. Thursday and Saturday, all season long, you can come out to the farm with me and the crew and we do whatever we can, and uh, she's always work to do. Yeah, <laughs> always. Yeah, right. and it's you know it's really great for people who don't understand farm to table, right? You know because get your hands into the earth, yeah. and you have a deeper appreciation. For and that. you have to do it over and over again. Yeah, you know you might weed a whole field and then go back three days later and have to do it again. Right, mm-hmm. and you won't see that tomato for a month. Right. And the farm-to-table thing is very glamorous and very marketable, but I don't know that people really understand how difficult it is to do that. I think you're right. At a, at a kind of grassroots level. Right. You know? Yeah. Even my staff, when they go out there, they're much more protective of the product that we serve. Well, and I think they can have a, a, a deeper conversation with your patrons, yes. too, in that in that light. And then we also partner with Kula. Cafe. Yeah, tell us about Kula. Yeah. Kula was a brainchild of mine a bunch of years ago. And I was on an advisory board for Interfaith Neighbors, who does the Meals on Wheels program mm-hmm. and some, at the time, Youth Corps training. And they were doing a Need to Feed where they would go out in the community 
and serve coffee and donuts and food one night a week for people who didn't have anything. And it was a great program because if we would set up a table or a truck in the middle of um, gang territories on the west side of Asbury Park. Wow. And the one thing I know about food is everyone has to eat. Yes. And food can bring you together yes, in right. very interesting ways. Yes. So we were never in fear there because, you know. You had food. We had food and everybody wants it. That's right. right. It's a peacemaker. Yeah. So it was great. And they were, you know, going after some more grant money and they had to change the grant. And I said, well, you know, I have this idea that I've always thought would be great for Asbury. We have, you know, over 80 restaurants, and we have a community base that doesn't work in the restaurants because they don't have the personal, you know, strength, honestly, mm -hmm. inner strength to feel good about themselves, to want to go talk to people, right. to want to go after a skill set. So I said, you know, we could open a front-of-the-house training cafe, not culinary, because we have Brookdale has great culinary programs. But nobody's training these kids how to go out into the world and communicate with people in a great way. And if we could do that, it's not only restaurants they could work in, they could work anywhere. Mm -hmm. You know, They could work at the local uh, CVS, or they could work for a warehouse, or because you have to be able to talk to people. And to do that, you have to feel good about yourself. So Kula was born, Interfaith funded it with private funding, and it's a 16-week training program for um, an age bracket about 18 to 23. And in that, they go out and they have externships in the community. We hire a lot of them in our restaurants, and we still have some that have been with us for a couple of years. And when we opened Kula, I said, you know, the next step because I'm always thinking about the next thing, <laughs> is we need a farm here. We need to teach people how to grow their own food, and yep. we need to get the community on board to buy that food. So they bought the property next door. They put a greenhouse, and they do aqu aquaponics or hydroponics. I'm not sure which one. We buy all of our greens from them now and all our microgreens. Wow. Nice to know. I did that. not know that. Yeah. That's fabulous to know. Yeah, great. So in the summer, we supplement with Merrick. In the winter, we use Kula pretty much solely for any of the greens for our salads. It's part of that 16-week training that they're in there gardening. They food. do okay. go into the farm, but they have a farmer on hand. Right, yeah. And she oversees the program. Of course. Right. And we're not the only ones buying it, so it's great good. for the community. And now they're launching, they took over land across the street, and they're doing a new program where they're going to partner with people in the community and have raised beds, open lot, no fences. It's like a farm without yeah. borders that people in the community can use. Love it. Oh, yeah. That's fabulous. Yeah, they are a wonderful organization. That's great. And Paul McKigley, who runs it, is just amazing in the group. Um, I'm proud to be you know, mentored by them and mentoring them. Sounds like a wonderful partnership. Yeah. That is. That's amazing. It's so needed there. Yeah. So needed. It really is. And it's just another, you were talking about in the beginning of our conversation about being an example. And this is another example in the community of just of putting some ideas and some of your strength into the community. Yeah. And it just has this amazing ripple effect. And so you're involved with Clean Ocean Action and yeah. a couple of others as well. And so you're always... Bringing people's awareness up and raising funds with really fun projects. Yeah, 
and we have two new projects coming on board. We have a nonprofit, Food for Thought by the Sea, and it works with youth-based. We do surf lessons with the Boys and Girls Club. We've done cooking classes with them. We run um, our community dinners through our nonprofit that we do on every holiday. About a thousand people eat at Langosta for nothing, and um, it's a fun day. We have music and we have a pantry and we have a great meal. Um, but Food for Thought has always been a little stagnant and just kind of doing what it does. <laughs> and then last year we got an idea to launch a food truck mm. called the Food Wagon mm -hmm. and to raise money to get a mobile free fundraising vehicle on the road. So any organization who wants to raise money for a cause comes to us. We supply some youth from our community to work on it. They supply a couple volunteers and we sell food and they keep the profit. Nice. Great so, concept. I did not know about no, this. I'm either. so glad to hear about this it. This is all new and we got um, a couple grants, three-year grants. We have a food truck, well a truck coming from Penske Land Rover that we're going to fit out and now we're continually raising the money for that. So hopefully by next year we'll be on the road with the food wagon, we're calling it. <laughs> yeah. And this is Food for Thought? Food for Thought by the Sea. By the Sea is yeah. the nonprofit. Okay. Yeah. I wanted to make sure people could yeah. Google that. And, yeah. And we have a website up and it shows right. all about the project. And, um, you know, we'll do it. Yeah. You know? Of course um, you will. And I think it'll be a great vehicle, literally, <laughs> 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 to um, take our show on the road. And yeah. Really really do some awareness of not just and it came about because coolest struggles with people coming into the cafe because it's on the west side right and i don't think they should move it from the west side because i think it has had a trickle out effect to right. that community it's right? a beautiful that, center yes and yeah and it just grows and grows and everybody around it grows with it but not everybody knows about right. it right right yeah so if there's a food truck on the ocean selling whatever with yep. kids from Kula with a whole thing about Kula, then you don't even have to go over there. But hopefully if you come to the truck, you'll want to go see what's happening yeah. there. Yeah. Or if you're a restaurateur and you don't know that you can buy greens from Kula, you'll learn about that. And I think it's just going to have the ability to take all the projects we partner with to another level. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. You know, and speaking of that examples, I mean, you, you set the best example of following your passions. Mm -hmm. you, you've created your whole career and all this philanthropic stuff that you've done just purely out of your own passion. You know, it, and it's, it's so genuine and it's so real and it's inspiring because we all hear you should do what you're passionate about, you know. And so many people say, I don't think I can make a career out of that. But you've done it. Yeah. <laughs> you, you've done it. <laughs> And it's so inspirational, and I want, you know, it's an encouragement, especially to our younger generation, that you can. And it's not necessarily that your passions are these big money-making things, but you've learned how to support yourself, your family. It's wonderful. It's such a great example. Yeah, and it's, it's hard, you know. I mean, I don't always, I do struggle with supporting my family mm -hmm. because I am the main breadwinner mm -hmm. in our family, and you know, I am not the person that wants to go out and do things for money. Right. You know, I've always said I should have been a stockbroker for like <laughs> 10 years, sold out, and then I no. wouldn't have to worry oh, too much yeah. about money. Oh, you would have been money. burned out. Yeah. But with Food for Thought, you know, 
this is a difficult thing for me to take the food truck on the road because I've had a nonprofit for 10 years that hasn't had to raise any money, mm. has never had to file taxes on money. You know, now all of a sudden we're raising money. We're trying to figure out how to, you know, program it and hire people and, and really do something with it. So I'm looking for board of director people if you're out there and you have experience with nonprofit because... You know, it's one thing to take a passion. It's another thing to take it to the next level. Right, for sure. And it's a whole new world for me to yeah. try and, and before, maneuver. Right, and before we got on this uh, podcast, we were talking about that community and building out and just asking for help where yeah. you need help, saying, I have, because we just, we've been, you know, talking for a little while and you have so many projects going yeah. on. <laughs> and you're also a mom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In the mix all of it so of twins it's not oh, yeah. it's not just a mom the mom of twins that's right that's right when you got pregnant somebody go else big. had something in mind yeah, yeah. go big or go home <laughs> but they're you know my kids are and that's a whole other thing i struggle with being a mom and being an entrepreneur of course you know my business comes in front of my family all the time mm-hmm. And my kids don't have structure. They don't go to bed at the same time. They never took naps at a specific time. And I always felt and they're gonna guilty. T- they're going to turn out amazing. I no, no <laughs> guilt. No guilt. I think they will. I mean, tomorrow they're going to clean up the farm. and Exactly. You know, they don't really know what that is yet. But someday, after doing it every year, they're going to re- you know, have this instilled belief in how to grow their own food and how to help people and how to clean, I hope. But they're growing up with real life too. You yeah. know, that's real. Yeah. You know, you know, to me and I'm and I'm an advocate of, of not really scheduling and have letting kids be free. Yeah. <laughs> so I believe that the I believe the way you're raising them is wonderful. And I think there there's no way they can't be fabulous people. Yeah, I All mean aside. I mean hopefully they'll be fabulous. Hope one thing I want them to have is integrity and mm-hmm. a caring for their fellow man and animal and tree. And, yep. you know, if I can instill that, if that, you know, sinks in at one point and they wake up and say, yeah. no, I'm seven, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> I think just by example, that, yeah. that'll happen. I think it will. Yeah. Yeah. And they'll challenge you, of course. They'll go the opposite direction. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. and then they'll come back. Yeah. Yep. Um, but I want to say one more project because it's coming yeah, up please soon. please do. Yeah, please um, part of the job problem in communities like Asbury Park also has a correlation to a housing problem. And we find a lot of the youth that come through Kula or other programs come get the jobs, they're doing great, and then all of a sudden they disappear or we find them sleeping in the restaurant because they are now homeless for whatever reason. Or they go to stay with somebody who is in a gang or deals drugs, and then all of a sudden they get sucked into that. So Covenant House has come to Asbury Park to do a um, a retreat center for males that are in exactly this position where they're getting jobs, but they can't get back on their feet because of the housing. So Interfaith and Covenant House are partnering in building this center and they're raising money for it, and they've asked me and Joe Leone to sleep on the boardwalk for three days. Oh, to do right. a sleep out, yeah, um, to raise money and awareness for the program. Okay, and I'm excited to do it because I know how much the housing affects absolutely what I'm trying to accomplish with the food and beverage. 
So um, it's going to be the second week of May. Oh, I hope and it's good weather. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is too. Like, I hope it's sunny so I can sit in my beach chair yes, all day. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, get some sun. Yeah. Um, but, yes. you know, people should come out. Yeah. And see, you know, people don't ever think about, I didn't even, because we get these kids and they'd be such great kids and they'd work hard and then all of a sudden they're gone. You know, they've had to move out of town or right. whatever. And then they come back when they get on their feet a little and then they go away or they end up in jail. And, you know, the, if we can get yeah. them into this startup housing program, I think it's going to be awesome for the community. Help shift the cycle. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing all of this. Uh, yeah. We learned so much. Adventurous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I didn't expect to learn so much. Yeah. You have so much more going on than yeah. we thought you did. You and we didn't even talk about food, and that's not important. <laughs> well, it's always there. It's always there, yeah. you know. Yeah. But so much, I mean, so much of life guides our food choices, and that's our whole purpose. It's like, yeah, yeah food is simple. It's yeah. all the other stuff. Yeah. So. That's right. Food is simple. Yeah. So It should be simple. Grab, grab, uh, grab a friend and get to one of these amazing restaurants and uh, go visit Marilyn and um, sleep on the boardwalk. Sleep on the boardwalk <laughs> and buy from the food truck yeah. and and support these adventures. Go to the farm and clean up the farm. And yeah, yeah. Come uh, weed some berries, and then yeah. when they come to life and you eat them, they're going to taste so much better. That's they right. Do. They yeah. do. Yeah. And and we should say where Merrick Farm is because people may not have any idea where it is out out west out yeah. there. Yeah, <laughs> it's in Farmingdale on Merrick Road. Right, it's easy to get. Yeah, it really, it's is. right off of one ninety five or yeah, whatever that's called. Right around all that, that right. area, one ninety eight, whichever way you're going. <laughs> right, yeah. right. Um, but it's on Facebook, so you can go to Merrick Farm, New Jersey, and the address and everything's there, and you can see when we have stuff going on. If people want to follow you, what are the social media places that we're everywhere? <laughs> You're everywhere. <laughs> Just type your name yeah. in and they'll find it. I'm sure. Um, my Facebook page, my professional page, is a picture of me in a chef outfit because I have two pages. I ran out of room on my regular page, yeah. so yeah. I can't have any more friends. So <laughs> <laughs> Um But you can follow me on my professional page, and we post all kinds of. Things that we're doing there, Langosta is another one, Langosta Lounge, all, we have Instagram, LinkedIn, um, Facebook, everything. So yep. We'll put a bunch of those links on the, on the show notes so people can easily get to it when they yeah. listen yeah. to the podcast. And you, you can sign up for our newsletter we do every week, and that kind of tells the important stuff we're doing for the week. Right. All right. Thank you so much for coming Thank in you. and, and you. sharing your energy and your love of the earth with us. Yeah, yeah we yeah. really appreciate it. And Earth Day it. is coming, so get yes, out there is. and do something for your Mother Earth. Yeah. Plant a garden. Yep. Yeah, That's it's coming. Thanks for listening. I'm Wendy bright Fallon, And I'm Debbie Peterson. Join us next time for more of Nourish Noshes. Continue the conversation about real people, real food, and real results on our Facebook page, Nourish Cookbook. Be well.